all of your butt. I'm quite surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Welcome. Wait for it. For some reason, I'm imagining your cat's doing this. <laughs> Maybe it's because we just talked about them. But. Maybe. Yes, that's Emily Hayes in studio. Is, that ju- is it just that? Oh, no, there it is. No, no. I would play this for my kid sister when I take her to her soccer practices. Butterflies and Hurricanes yes. by Muse. Mm-hmm. It does pump you Let up. Me get a her amped bit. up. Yeah, and if you're in a anxious, angsty mood about where you are in life, it's not bad. It's like best, you've got to be the best. Yeah. It's epic, man. That record is so good. It really is. I, I should have put in my favorite version, though. The live version. Oh, God. It's a little heavier than this. Yeah. Oh, but I oh. love Matt Bellamy because he's such a... He's so good. Can you say... Can you say ASS on there? Yeah. yeah, you can say hey, ass. I wanted He's a badass. He's a badass, man. Yeah. Um, because... I mean, just like uh, the first record, Showbiz by Muse, is great. I mean, yes. it's, a, it's a great leadoff record for what they do, but Origin of Symmetry is yes. so good, and that's the one that came out before um, before that one, that third one. Hmm. Uh, God. Yeah, I think... I'm esca- it's escaping me now. Yeah, I know what you're um, talking about, though. But Origin of Symmetry... The notes they got back from the label or whatever, they were like, it was really hard to get singles off of Showbiz because, you know, he gets into his falsetto a lot. So there's one song on The Origin of Symmetry that is him in falsetto the entire time. I love his falsetto. Oh, it's great. I love Muse for their approach of they're classically trained. Like, you can hear that in the music, but then they get that sort of punk progressive rock feel like, with pop sensibilities too it's like to tie it all together it's like refused and radiohead and yeah. rock Moninoff all in one yeah it's good stuff and he uses chopin's nocturnes in one song off of uh black holes and revelations mm-hmm. the, like number see i'm testing your nine, muse wisdom here. yeah nine number two nocturne right. nine Number two, I think. Anyway, it's one of my it's one of my favorite ones. And when I got that record and I heard it included in a song, I freaked out in my little Chevy Cavalier. I was like, Oh my god! Now I'm already feeling guilty, ladies and gentlemen, for asking old lady Hayes to come on the show Why? because because what time did you wake up this morning? Five. You woke up at five. Yeah, a little later. Oh wow! You usually wake up at like four. Yeah, but I took my night. shower the night before. Oh, but the hair looks good. Thanks. Your hair looks great. <laughs> 
It's better than mine today. Hush it. Mine's still longer. Well, I'm growing it out for the wedding, so. Okay. It looks beautiful. You can keep yours long for the wedding, too. Okay. Well, thank you <laughs> for permission. This, uh, Actually, I am going to get it cut. Styled. Styled. Not, not cut off. Yeah, don't get it cut. I I'm mean. Getting, it took too long to get it. I, mean, I grew it myself. It took forever. Seth asked me. Uh, Seth Spotlow is, is you know, Eric's oh, that guy. best friend. Yeah. yeah. And he's, yeah. Uh, he's the best man, and he said something about cutting his hair. And I was like, no. And my my brother-in-law, uh, who, he and Eric have just taken to each other really well. He's going to be a groomsman, and he asked if he had to shave his beard. No, and I, people are being very considerate saying these things. Yeah, I But mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry any brides out there for any <laughs> weddings I might be a part of. I'm not changing me for you. No. I'm not the one getting married to you. No, I, I mean... I don't expect anybody to do that. Right, and you're a wonderful person. <laughs> Thanks. My sister, though, but when, when Jeff said, do I have to shave, or do you want me to shave, and I was, as I was saying no, Elizabeth was saying, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, his wife, my sister, was, was saying, of course you're going to shave your so beard. you're preparing for your wedding. I saw you putting together uh, Save the dates. invitations, yes, yeah. um, earlier today. Cool stuff, cool stuff. Don't want to reveal too much. My brother just got engaged on the 4th of July. How exciting. To Lady Caroline. Oh, nice. And I, I've never had a sister before. <gasps> oh. So, and like, I heard the news. I didn't see her for like a week or two after the news because she was still up in Saratoga Springs, New York. Oh, wow. And she came back down. As soon as she walked in, I, hey, hugs, sister. <laughs> yes. And... I'm going to a bachelor party in New Orleans. Oh, August my the 10th. Lens. So I'm looking for a red dress for me. Yeah, for a red dress run. Yeah, I gotta get you in touch with my friend Clint. He will okay. take care of you. <laughs> if you want a good red dress, talk to Clint. Yeah, talk to, talk <laughs> to Clint. That's not what I would expect. He but... was our production guy at the station I was with in Mobile. Okay. Yeah. And then I have another one. Mm -hmm. Another bachelor party. Oh. Labor Day weekend. Hey. Flying out of Montgomery straight to DC. I think. My buddy's getting a suite at MGM National. Oh, wow. It's going to be like hangover style. Oh, my God. It's going to be God. quite a bender. He's my old drinking buddy. Big doings for Joey. Yeah, so I'm surrounded by bachelor parties and engagement parties and my brother's own engagement and weddings upcoming. It's unreal. And I'm sitting over here going, you lucky lucky people oh no and it's not like an envious sort of thing it's not like i'm pining for like somebody's lady out there it's more like i'm thinking about my own life right now mm -hmm. and i don't understand well let me first put this out here i'm playing both sides of what tomorrow night show is going to be you're Ever so awesome fiance <laughs> will be in studio sitting probably in that chair to my left. Oh. You're right. Okay. And the ever so smooth. He's God's gift, don't you know, ladies? Brandon will be sitting to my right, your left. And Brandon will be taking the position, as he has taken many a time on this show, that marriage is it's just not worth it. It's a terrible business deal, as he's put it. Who would sign that contract? That's his position. Uh, okay. And he has more ammunition. But your, as I said, ever so awesome fiancé will, of course, be defending the institution of marriage. And I now, personally, since I'm going to be somewhat of a moderator of this conversation, this debate on marriage, yeah. I should let out my bias where I stand these days on the institution of marriage. Okay. 
I'm not like, you know, what is it, Ted? How I met your mother? Oh, I, I, I'm not. I'm not pining to get married in some romantic way. But as I'm now trying to get back into the meeting people dating world, yeah. it's miserable. Oh, it sucks. It's terrible. It's horrible. There's a there's this meme that goes around. Not meme, I guess, but it's a it's a picture that goes around on the internet of an old abandoned swimming pool in someone's backyard. Honestly, it looks like what I saw. Oh, is it like pools. green? Like no, like pools after Katrina along the Mississippi Gulf oh, Coast, that bad. where it's just like the concrete's all broken up. There's a little bit of like green sludge, a little bit at the yeah, bottom, like but mosquito then mosquito larva. Yeah, or... but then there's you know patio furniture and a couple of like a toolbox sure. and a recliner. Like there's all this crap. Oh, but the toolbox and, has no tools in it, right? But it says dating pool in your thirties. Yeah, and it's it's man, it's. It's yeah. tough. So when you do find that person, that's see. But oh I'm not God. Hold on to him. I'm not too worried because I have a bunch of aunts and uncles who got married at like or met the person they eventually married at like thirty, mm-hmm. thirty one. Um, my uncle Dave, what a mess! I still remember sitting at the adults' table. That's a big deal. No, and that's me. Like, when I was 11, 12, I wanted to sit with the adults and talk about politics, religion, economics, blah, 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 blah. And not even really talk, more listen. And occasionally jump in with a foolish, childish question. Oh, you're so young and ignorant. <laughs> Let me school you. But I knew what I was doing because it would get people who had different opinions telling me, no, here's what you should think, Joey. But the discussion was around dating. And all my mom, my aunts were shocked at the latest news they saw that 85%, I don't know how they got these numbers at this time, Uh, 85% of girls on a first date would, uh, well, it'd be going down. Like, it'd be on. Mm -hmm. And uh, to which my Uncle Dave said, and this is how he dated, he said, man, that's fascinating. How do the other 15% get dates? <laughs> to which my Aunt Karen blushes because they once dated. Oh, no, I can put two and two together. I don't want to. I know what happened. And good for you, too. So, I don't know. I look at the current dating pool, and it feels like I'm, on, I'm 29. I turned 30 December 1st this year. And it does feel like that dilapidated, abandoned pool. Like, my options, especially here in Montgomery, are just running out. Unless I date younger. Well, see, here, okay, this is where, because I'm 33. I'm older than you, but I'm not that much older than you. Um, And also, I don't want to say wasted, because I learned a lot, but lost three years of viable dating time in a horrible relationship mm. when I lived in South Alabama. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh God, it was terrible. But... See, I haven't made that mistake. Thank God. I've been... And if I see yeah. you heading towards that, okay. we're going to have a talk. Okay. But, you got to uh, set me straight later. I will have to. Yeah. Cause, uh, but uh, what, what we run into at this age, hmm. uh, with where we live and and all that jazz, what we run into... Freshly divorced or long-term relationships that have finally ended that never, like, people that were together for nine years but never pulled the trigger and got married or anything like that. Right. Um, you know, kids. Not uh, 
honestly, that's the uh, one that scares me the most. That's that's a you know, and no one should feel ashamed for having. They should not for for having kids or anything like that. But the people that you get into relationships with, you need to respect that they're at that point in their life without kids. Mm-hmm. There's pro- there may be a reason, or uh, uh, it's it's difficult for them because when you date somebody with kids, you end up once you meet that child. You're joining the family. You're joining the family, and you're you're a new element in there, and that's tough. I've I've been that kid twice. Mm-hmm. You know, when my mom got remarried when I was three, and when my dad got remarried when I was eleven. Right. And two totally different times in a girl's life too. Oh so my. just very, you know, those those are tough situations. And so when you're out there dating, if you want to date somebody that doesn't have kids. Mm-hmm. Then you're gonna no prefabs. Yeah, you're gonna most. It's gonna be hard to find a blank slate. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be hard to find another hermit such as myself. Exactly, it's gonna be. A I little, need to find a, a workaholic. More difficult. <laughs> yeah, I need. I need to find a career woman. Yeah, a career woman. Yeah, who's devoted her That's life been, just to work. You know, you know if, she's had a few flings, a few crazy romances, jet set it around the world with these rich fat cats, but they <laughs> couldn't give her. What you really need. It sounds like a wrong Some thing. foolish idiot who's barely figuring out his life. Who can talk a good game and BS a lot. Was it this a Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds movie? No, but weren't they good friends for a while? No, she was his boss and she needed her green card. Oh. But he made her see the ways of a loving oh, relationship. Oh, I'm remembering that terrible movie It was now. pretty horrible, but you yeah. know, yay Canada. Yay um, Canada. But So, you know, when... When you're out there trying to date and meet people at this age, mm-hmm. you just got to be ready that there are going to be those those things attached to it. Right. The, and But here, I want to get back to the institution of marriage. Okay. Because, and how I feel, because I will be, again, we'll be having a debate about this. Heartfelt, friendly, it's not going to be mean or anything. But it'll be a conversation, because Brandon seems pretty set in his ways. Your awesome fiancé seems pretty set in his ways. He should be. He's marrying you. I was say he's he's really very excited, just like I am. So. Yes, no, he's the one I think who really issued the challenge. Oh, yeah, the Brandon. You know when when whenever you invite him to be on the show or whenever he talks about it, I or whenever you guys talk, I don't even know when y'all talk. I don't want to know. But um, it's not that often. Well, you, that's just because I don't talk to people that often I, unless well, I'm on I, air. I do know you. Yes. Um <laughs> but he politely like i'm not included in that stuff you know i don't want to this is your show you do what you do on your show Mm -hmm. i don't want to influence him either way and what he would come on the air and say because you don't want if you wanted me on the air you would have me on the air right if you want his perspective on something then let him go into it free and clear or whatever but like you know we're i'm going to get kira tomorrow i'm going to pick her up because eric's going to do the show with you so you know trade off that duty so that was a hey you know joey just texted and mm-hmm. this thing wednesday night and he told me let me check yeah he's like is that cool and i was like that i mean yeah that's fine with me you don't have to ask me for permission to do it i do like to know so i can make sure i'm tuned yeah, in we and, just gotta make the plan and all that stuff but um but here's where i stand but i don't like the word institution Okay. You don't like the institution of marriage? Yeah, I don't like that. I, you just not like institutions? He's damn dirty anarchist. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Woo-hoo. You don't like our intelligence services or our... No, I just don't... I don't like the word institution applied to marriage. Mm-hmm. I don't like This the, is interesting. I don't like the word or feeling contract 
applied. But to it is an institution marriage. and it is a contract. Yeah, it's also a holy jam. So mm. that's. Did, wait, did you just call? I would, growing up Catholic, <laughs> I'd call it a sacrament. You called it a holy jam. Yeah, I'm a Lutheran. So. <laughs> Freewheeling Bob Dylan over here. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's that's why I have problems with people that. I don't have problems with people, but it upsets me that certain people will think of it as a contract or a business deal or something like that. Because mm-hmm. the way I believe and the way I've grown up and how I feel entering into this next phase of my life with Eric is this isn't a contract. It's not an institutional thing. This is not for anybody else in this world but me and Eric. I love him. I want to spend the rest of my life with him. I want to be there to comfort him when he's sad and celebrate with him when he's happy and be there for him like he's been there for me, like with all this stuff with my mom. Like when I, he's been the support when I didn't have any left to stand. Mm -hmm. He was the the lean-to to help me keep going. And I am excited beyond words that I get to make that commitment to him and we get to be together for the rest of our lives and we get to share that moment with our friends and family in January. When you left out um, all that was beautiful when you kind of led me into what I was going to talk about. But uh, you left out one crucial thing. Hmm. I think one of the major benefits of getting married and it doesn't happen, you know, you don't have to get married to do this. But if you feel more honest about it, is you can also always look at that person. And it may or may not happen, but you can always look at that person and say, Come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> Touch me. Yes. That's one of the benefits, too. Yeah. But uh, the way I look at it is I don't like the institution and contractual nature of it either. Yeah. I think that is where it gets the bad rap. It's where in divorce courts, people are like, oh, there's still weird expectations based on the gender. It's like it's always kind of in the mother's favor. It's one area of society where it is a weird, like the man is expected to be the provider still. Yeah. In, in the contract sense. I know that it's changing. It is a little, little bit. Little by little. But that's still the way it it's, is. It's going to take some time to where that's more. You know, my, my mom yeah. took my dad back to court. Uh, mm. twice that I can remember. Oh, wow. And I was young, and I don't remember exactly what it was for. I'm sure... It's confusing, I'm especially sure when you're there's, a kid. You know, there's custody, and there's child support, and there's all, all that stuff mixed together, and then there's hurt feelings on the divorced party side that, you know, mm. will skew their way of thinking, and then it puts the kids in the middle, and that's never, ever the right thing to do. You've got to be more mature and, and beyond yourself and realize that sometimes you just need to suck it up as to not expose your kids to any more damage. Well, and I think the part of it that I... And that's unfortunate because so many marriages have... We're talking about divorce court at this yeah, point. I mean... And it's just like... I think we've all been affected. I would say, though, too, that sometimes it can be terrible if your folks don't get divorced and it feels like they should. Yes. Okay, so my parents got divorced... Uh, I was not even 18 months old. We were back in... Okay, so Yeah, we were back in Alabama. I was born in Oklahoma City in 85, and we were back in Alabama. I believe they were divorced by the beginning of 87. So you kind of grew up knowing this sort of... Well, I don't know... I do not know my mom and dad together. Right. So it's kind of... That's how it is. Yeah, I mean, that's how it is. I, you know, I don't know my mom and dad Mm -hmm. together. Um, I do know their personalities... 
I'm a mixture of both of them. Yeah. More stubborn than anybody should ever be. But I know that I would have preferred them get divorced than stay together and be miserable. Exactly. Because it would have been a very vocally miserable it would have been, And it makes everybody else miserable. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't... Of course, there are things in my life that I wish I could change that I wouldn't have had to go through, but it makes me who I am, and it gives me some mm-hmm. unique insights on on various things. I wouldn't change anything. Right. I've, you know, I've got my mom and my stepdad, and they gave me two beautiful, very talented and intelligent and sweet and loving kid sisters, and gave me my stepdad's family yeah. with an amazing, you know, mamma and papa and Aunt Dana and Daryl and, and well, Grandpa th- Raymond and all that stuff. But the same thing happens on my dad's side when yeah. dad marries Sarah when I'm 11. Yeah. I've got Sarah's family and her mom's British and has all these great stories and makes her own pastries and stuff. And, she's, and Sarah's got wow. two sisters and they've got great kids. And, you know, yeah, my parents got divorced and it sucks because... A lot of stuff would have been easier if we were all together as a kid and didn't have to spend eight hours in a car one way to go see my dad. Sure. However, I am just surrounded by so many people that love and care for me. I What do I have to complain about? Well, I love that you look at it that way. You have to. You have to. The, no, more people, it's a blessing. Yeah. Um, it, it is the more people you get to meet. Um, and it's not like all, all the time... It's always happy times. Obviously, no. not. that's not how life works. No. But um, that's the part of the marriage vow, and I think you and I are, are in agreement, that I take really seriously. And uh, the not the love that's in the rom-com, yeah. necessarily. Well, the notebook actually touches on it. <laughs> um, but not, You're such a softy man. I've only seen it once. You going to go to Birmingham and see Mamma Mia? I heard about that. No, I'm not going to mm-hmm. go see Mamma Mia. No. That was a one-time thing. Okay. I, it was a phase. You do you. It was a phase. I support you. It whatever. was a phase. It's okay, Joey. Just that is not it. my guilt, true guilty pleasure. Uh-huh. No, if you want to see my problem, my true guilty pleasure is Under the Cherry Moon, directed and starred Prince oh, yeah. as a gigolo in the south of France. Oh, bless it. <laughs> and this young woman is getting her trust fund when she turns 21. Oh. So he's going to land a big fish, make her fall in love with him. He'll get married. He'll be rich beyond his dreams. You know, he's got life made, but he actually falls in love with her. Don't they always? Yeah, he actually falls in love with her. So much so that he dies. Dun, dun, dun! Yeah. But here's the part I take seriously. Okay. Because it's not the sort of uh, rom-com or the, the quick hit, not the first date and you're immediately, you know, making slow, ponderous love. It's not the, oh, we just got a new house phase or whatever. It's not just the happiness. Uh, The part that really came into focus for me and the depth of love is when my mother got sick. And to see the sacrifice through the pain of my father and others who love my mom, but to see a marriage that was tough, uh, to see that sacrifice in those tough moments, I was like, well, that's that's real love. Like, to see somebody sick and dying, and you at a certain point you have hope, you have hope, you have hope, but then you know this isn't going to end how we would hope. 
and yet you still help and you still maintain and you don't worry about what comes after just yet uh, that's I think the true type of love and I don't think except in rare occasions there are friends that go the extra mile there are other family members that can go the extra mile but I don't think you could have somebody like that other than in a marriage and that is I think till death do us part in sickness and in health the sickness and the death uh, is I think a part that gets left out a lot of the movies it gets left out of the fairy tale stories and I I suppose you could have a lifetime partner or something like that somebody would be there for you Uh, but you might as well call a relationship like that a marriage and at the end of the day despite all the risks involved with like oh i don't want to end up divorced i don't want to lose half my stuff you know that those lines so trivial these sort of things if you're actually in love with somebody and willing to make that vow that's above and beyond the money and the stuff um it's worth all those risks now there might be some guys out there listening and going no it's not (laughs) but you know you roll the dice it's worth that roll of the dice and sometimes it doesn't work out that's where I stand on the institution these days. The institution. Mm-hmm. Because in, we'll have what these guys, you know, Brandon and your fiancé, talk about this. Go back and forth yeah, on this issue. It's going to be very interesting. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to inject myself too much because I'm doing it tonight. And just everybody has their bias. I would like to get married someday. Somebody asked me, where do I see myself in 10 years? I would love to be married to a thoughtful, intelligent, hopefully wealthy with a trust fund. No. Uh, <laughs> thoughtful, intelligent, sexy wife. I think it's a must for me. It's a must. I want a wife that a few people want to break some commandments. You know what I mean? <gasps> Joey. Yeah. Oh but, they, the, but they don't break those commandments. Well, maybe they break one, that whole covet thing. But, uh... <laughs> uh no. in confession. Just, I'm so oh full of... Oh my God, of, Joey's uh, wife, man. She's so smoking I'm hat. so full of crap. Uh, no, all that's subjective. But, no, in, in 10 years, I would love to have maybe a kid. I would definitely love to have a few dogs, not cats. What's wrong with cats? Nah. All day I've been getting crap about cats. Yeah, you've been getting crap about cats. What have your What's your cat been doing lately? Well. Crapping everywhere. Well, no. Irene, not in the box. Irene won't go in the box. Right. And that's because Eric changed up the system. I've never had a dog that's done that. Well, you know, Loretta's just fine with it. Okay. All right. This is the but problem it's, with it's cats. Irene. They're also particular. It's Depends Irene. on the cat. Well, she she abandoned the good ship, old lady Hayes, and mm-hmm. she's all team Eric. And it, I don't exist when Eric's around, as far as Irene's concerned. I saved a life. I adopted the dang cat. Yeah, no, 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 you know. no, all power to you. But I'm saying I'm thinking dogs. I would like I'm a dog, but dogs. Eric says we can't have one right Maybe now. a pond out back with an otter. Oh, an otter? Yeah. Oh, my God, Joey. No, not really. Oh, Just dogs. Man. Just dogs. But I would also like a big, beautiful home. See, I never want more home than I actually need. True. No, I don't want, like, a mansion. I don't. It's not a status thing. I no. I want a functional, great, beautiful home with a little bit of land on I it. I feel like we have just, <clears throat> like, we... Um, just moved into a three-bedroom, two-bath from a two-bedroom, one-bath. Mm. And the old little house I called the bungalow. Oh, it, bungalow. It was great. It was a mm-hmm. little bungalow. It was great. But it was, you know, Not all enough. my stuff it was in storage. Mm. And 
I have a big family. Eric's got a big family. And there was one night, like, where my parent, where my stepmom and dad met his parents and his sister and her husband and their kids were there and my sister Elizabeth and, and her husband and those kids were there. We're all just like spilling out into the backyard and even then it was, it, you know, not enough room. Not enough room. So we're in That's this, why I need a big right? baby back here. So now we're in this three bedroom, two bath. Great size backyard, great size front yard, a little workshop for Eric. We've got, you know, a guest bedroom. Kira's got her room. She doesn't have to share that with anybody else coming to visit. This so. is the thing. Life happens. And um, I always felt stuck. Like, maybe the house thing happens before I get married. And maybe that's a good selling point. Hey, I got a house. I will tell you, in my single days, that was, mm-hmm. you don't live at home with your parents? cool. You don't live with a bunch of roommates? Yeah, you don't have a bunch of dudes that are just going to randomly walk in if I'm plucking a chin hair out of my face? (laughs) Yeah, that's what you're plucking a chin hair. I'm telling you, man. Right, no. And, you know, so maybe I need to do the house thing before the smoking hot wife. Uh, and that is why I am in business with Eddie Bader. Oh, he stopped by this morning. Yes, he did to the he's morning just, show. He's the best. He's a great guy. He and his wife are super sweet, and he was wearing his Jack Campbell shirt. See, you can testify to this. He's in on all the jokes with the Jack Campbell shirt. Yeah. It's, actually, it's not a joke. That's very serious. It's, it's totally true. It's totally true. But Jack Campbell for mayor. Yes. Send us your campaign donations. Hashtag my wedding fund. He listens to all the shows. He's very down to earth. He always has time. For his clients. See, I mean, I'll talk to him. I'd call him up, 322-0662. Hey, this is Eddie. That is directly to him. And so if you're looking to buy a house like I am, and maybe it is a situation where you have a good place, but you realize, ooh, I want to have kids. We've had the kids. We don't have yeah, enough room. You're growing out of it. You're in yeah. that two-bedroom, one-bath, and you need to bump it up to a ranch, three-bedroom, two-bath, hashtag shiplap. I mean, you got to right. get him a call. Life happens. He even does pontoon boat Shut up. No, that's how I want to live. Up on the lake. I don't have a problem with the lake house. I wouldn't mind a lake house. Exactly. I said something about that, too. He does that. And he, he will he'll specialize. He'll make it individual to you. You tell him what you want. You tell him the price, he's going to give you options. And he really has opened my eyes to how easy the process can be and how many options there are. It's like, there's so much to uh, play with. Boatload, but the thing about it is, is just from when I've talked to Eddie about random stuff, he has that way about him. Like, you know, he knows a bunch. Yeah. But he's able, to, he's just, he, every man. Yeah, he's to, able you know? to understand he, where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, he doesn't, you know, he listens to you. And retains what you're saying yeah. and comprehends what you're saying. And he doesn't fill you with a bunch of fluff. He gets right to it. Exactly. Tells you what's up. So if you are looking to buy or sell a home and maybe you're wanting to buy because you want to invest, change your life. Mm-hmm. He knows a lot about that. Uh, invest in a home. Rent it out. Give Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group a call. 322-0662. Again, that number directly to Eddie Bader. 322-0662. Tell him Joey sent you. And that Emily says hello. Yes. Now, Emily, we have to hit this break. But, um... Have you listened to the small print from this record? The I think so. The small print, uh, Thoughts of a Dying Atheist. Oh, yeah. Oh, so good. This, yeah. whole, this whole record's amazing. Muse is awesome. I think in the break we pull up something from Origin of Symmetry. Maybe. Maybe. We'll argue about it. Okay. Joey Clark.
Listen to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Emily Hayes, old lady Hayes, is here in studio. We're coming back in with a little perfect situation. Weezer. I can really relate to this song. There's the pitch, slow and straight. All I have to do is swing on the That's been most of my life. No, seriously. Like, I find a way unconsciously to screw up a great situation. Don't think so hard. No, without thinking. Literally without thinking. I do it. Bless your heart. Yeah. But I'm over it. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. You know, I have seen... This is... I don't want to sound hoity-toity or anything. Mm -hmm. Or... uh, What's the right word? I have seen, I have seen you kind of go through a change in the last year. Oh, really? Yeah. Tell me about that. You know, the first time I hung out with you, compared to like where you are now. I think the first time we hung out, I was drunk. Yeah, it was the Christmas party. Yeah. It was yeah. Pretty sure we were all drunk, Joey. Fair enough. Um, they were like three after parties. True. But. Just just from that to now, how, you know, was tell- we were talking earlier today, mm-hmm. um, but it said, you know, you're like a brother to me. You know, I don't have a little brother, but... Um, Are you a sister? If you would like me, I'm really good at it. I'm collecting sisters! Yeah! <laughs> anyway. But, you know, I, I think of you, there's a handful of folks up here at, at Blue Water that, mm-hmm. you know, we spend a lot of time together. I spend more time with y'all than I do with my family, and so you become... You know, very close with some of your coworkers, not all of them, but um, <laughs> so you become close with your coworkers and you, and you hang out with them sometimes outside of work. But watching you over the last year, not just in your personal life, but professionally as mm-hmm. well, like what you've done here from, you, you know, your work on Dan's show and Greg's show and then some stuff you do behind the scenes downstairs. Like we all have our downstairs work. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, oh, I definitely have my downstairs work. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, but going from your your thirty minute program to getting a full hour and working for that, you know, that wouldn't happen if you weren't creating great appointment radio. In my opinion, your show is an appointment radio time oh. for for me. I know for other people as well. Um, don't always text you while you're on the air or anything like that. And don't always talk to you about your shows after the fact right. or whatever. But, you know, well, I... Not all of them are good. Well, I tune in. And there's been times where I've been, you know, I've been traveling a lot the last two months. Yeah. And so just whatever I've missed, I'll go back and listen to on the SoundCloud thing. But seeing you grow uh, professionally and, like, with the convention... Yeah, that like was that, great. That, yeah. you know, quietly, and I'm going to tell you now, but, like, on the inside, I was like, I'm so happy... 
for Joey, this is so great. It's almost like a you know a validation thing of all his all his hard work is paying off. He's getting recognized where he needs to be recognized. It's not a bunch of fluff. Right. It's not a bunch of just you know kissing butts situation. Well, there were no fluffers at this right? convention. Right. So it I mean, it's that type of convention. That so what you being recognized with that, and then what you're doing here, and then you know personally seeing you out and about more and talking about these bachelor trips mm-hmm. and you know being excited you know that you're getting a sister and there's 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 good stuff there's there's happy things happening it does feel like growth of a kind it feels like in the last year Progress of a kind. yeah it feels like in the last year or so that there's just been these nice steady Changes. I don't feel as sad. I mean, there's more color in your wardrobe, and that's the pot calling the kettle black. So I wear black all the time, but I do sometimes throw a color in there. And you've had these nice pastels. Yeah, almost like you're an it's Easter summer. an Easter egg bag it's of M and M's. You know, crack me open and taste the chocolate. <laughs> right. God. Right. Yeah. But I didn't mean to be all gushy and stuff right there. No, I appreciate you know it. No, right. because you don't always have um, self awareness. Like I, I mean, there. I have to be completely honest. There's some nights where I'm tired. Well, yeah. yeah. There's some nights where I'm a little frustrated with the political scene. You could hear it last night with Troy and I talking mm-hmm. about uh, Trump in Russia and Trump or and Trump meeting Putin. And it's uh, it's a position I often find myself in where I'm not on like the Trump train truly, but I'm also not like a never Trumper. Yeah. I'm not a Democrat. Um, I want people to do their jobs, do it well, and protect my freedoms. Bing, and, so, bing, bing. and well, and I also will get frustrated about like decades worth of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the the amount of time I've been alive, the U.S. has had terrible foreign policy decisions. And yeah. it's like you got no, and yet you're still there, <laughs> and that you're you're still there telling me here's what the expert opinion is. Yeah. So I will get frustrated with politics, and that's why I have turned away from doing it every night well to keep your sanity in this day and age you kind of have to but i just know that you've you know you've had your nose to the grindstone you've kept your head down you've been working hard and i just want you Mm -hmm. to want you to pop up and see you're doing good work okay so. I'll stop and smell the roses. Thank you. Looks like we have a phone call. Uh-oh, we pissed somebody off, Joey. Well, hopefully. 272-9228. Let's see who this is. News Talk, you're on the air. It is Rusty Griswold. How are you doing? Oh, Rusty. <laughs> hey, I love, I love um, coming home and listening to you guys flirt on the radio. It's so much fun. <laughs> uh, that's awkward. Uh, I don't know if this could be called flirting. No. All right, so let's get well, but actually, let's... here's the truth. I flirt with everybody on my show. I even flirt. I played footsie with Baron Coleman. Oh, well. And if you ever have the opportunity, he is a married man, but please go for it. Hey, anybody. He's uh, got those silk uh, socks. He's got those boots. Oh, yeah, I already had, had stinky feet no. and web and web toes. You would you oh, would land. think you would think sometimes, uh, but no, it's actually quite lovely. Huh. <laughs> All right, let's get let's get down to business. Your three predictions. Okay. Uh, Attorney General race. Steve Marshall. Uh, Lieutenant Governor race. Hmm, I'm going with Twinkle probably. Is and probably then the House win. District. The House Ooh, District race. My gut is Ooh. saying Bobby. Now, I, yeah. all these are a gut decision. I have not seen any polling. I don't have any inside information. As I said earlier, sometimes my gut is just full of crap. Uh-huh. Wow. So, so it'll, I hope it'll be this tight. isn't a constipated night. Yeah, and turnout, turnout's going to be horrible, so well, that's, that's going to have a big effect. That's with all the runoffs, man. And yeah. I'm just happy it's over. 
Like, I just want a decision to be made at this point. And also, I feel that way because I've worked on a few campaigns. I feel that way for the candidates. When you reach this point, especially election night, you're waiting for the returns to come in as the polls close. Everybody, even if you lose, it's sad when you're in a losing campaign. It's kind of after party. But there is mm-hmm. a, a feeling of relief that at least we're done with this process. Well, it's, it's good job security for you because it brings in revenue to the station, which is... That's true, yeah. Which is great. Oh, I'm really raking it in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, well, we'll see what happens tonight, guys. As always, I uh, always enjoy your show. You do a great job. They need to give you a. Uh, they need to give you another hour. Yeah, we might do it. I might just keep my current schedule and tack on another hour. Well, Why man. not? Uh, just a little more work for you. So you have what? What would that be, like 14-hour work day now? That would be, yeah, we'll call it 14. <laughs> Not quite, but we'll call it 14. Something like that. All right, guys, y'all have a good one. Talk to you yeah, soon. Thank All you. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, it should be interesting to see the returns. Bobby and Martha, were, they were being covered on Fox News at their 5 o'clock yeah, show. Yeah, well, you know, we've seen that in the morning um, uh, for the last week yeah. of, of them focusing on, on uh, Bobby and Martha. I just, you know... But, I, I, <laughs> I don't want to say that I don't care because I do care. Right. But the thing that's gotten me over the last couple of weeks is the the ads. Yeah. Not so much the the fact that oh that's an attack ad and right. why would somebody do that and how are you going to attack somebody's name? They didn't choose their name and stuff or, like did that. Did you really make a jingle out yeah, of their name? Yeah. Or? But the this <laughs> I remember the morning that we heard it. And, you know I do production with Jay, so Jay Jay had heard it before I did. Because uh, he put it, he had to put it into the system, but that the morning that one of the attack ads played, and it just because I'm not I'm not going to take sides on either one, but I think you'll know what I'm talking about. But it just laundry listed this whole this whole you know if you want it was a litany yeah if you want a derp 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 swamp thing Godzilla. Meets Mothra and wait, then wait, wait, you by know, the way we did Mag- run for everything but, but we, dog catcher. And here's like, the thing: like, can't we get a be original? Do we all have to talk about the swamp? There, Washington. Yeah. That makes sense when you're talking In about Washington, Washington D.C. I don't think people. I don't think a broad range of people understand that that Washington D.C. is an actual swamp. swamp. Montgomery. The only thing going on in Montgomery that's swampy is the fact that these full grown men are wearing suit pants all day in the heat. <laughs> God, it's so gross. That is gross. Oh, man. But, yeah, like, hearing that stuff where you just rattle off all these insults and stuff and throw somebody's name on it. Another thing, and I know I've talked to you about this before, and we've talked about faith on this show before. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I am I am Lutheran, but... I'm kind of a... I'm searching. You know, you're doing your thing. I'm searching. The thing, the thing about it is, is that I don't think me being Lutheran is going to help me balance a budget any better than somebody that's, right. you know, Pentecostal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to tell me what you practice religiously or if you practice at all. I want you to do your job. Mm-hmm. I don't... Well, don't most people assume somebody's a Christian in this I state? Think, uh, I think... If I, you don't say well, anything? No, in the South, yeah. Yeah, if, you, if you're just a good person... This is interesting to me because I, I don't identify as a Christian anymore. But if I just talk and I present myself and i was raised as a christian i have to give credit where it's due Mm -hmm. but i think people will assume oh that's a good christian young man or what a sinner (laughs) like (laughs) he'll come back but like they assume 
that if you don't say anything, people will assume you're a Christian for the most part. I think that that, well, on our part, I think that's a fair assumption to assume. That, yeah. You know, it happens no, when you start assuming. But it's most people in Alabama are Christian. Well, exactly. It's a pretty good assumption. But I don't think that you have to waste 10 seconds of your TV time or your radio time or your picture time posing in front of a little white church in some lovely green garden with an ice red door and you know you're there with your 3.5 kids and mm. your wife you don't have to i don't i don't i would much rather hear where you found money to repair potholes so this stretch of ann street was decent again yeah you know i that's that's what i care to hear about i mean See, but I, you wouldn't be running for office if you had been out there murdering and killing people. So, See, my message if I ran there. for office these days, no matter the office, whether it was attorney general, I think that is a very specific duty to it, though. That's maybe not the best example. AG is yeah. a pretty serious job. I don't know why we elect judges. Like, yeah, I just a, don't always, weird. especially some of these appeals courts, like I've met some of the candidates, great people all around. I don't think there's necessarily a bad decision there. Um but I don't know if that's, like, the best way to be picking who you want as your justice. Maybe that's elitist of me. But uh, I'm not a huge fan of how democracy works, given because we've heard all these ads. Yeah. But if I was going to run, say, for lieutenant governor, mm-hmm. I don't think that position has that much power. Now you are next in line, and Kay Ivey became governor because she was lieutenant governor because of, you know, Bentley's dalliances. And yeah, I'm sorry. I, I know exactly why people, why that's so hotly contended right now. Because, oh, you know, can't live forever. Right, right, As right. As much as you love her, you can't live forever. So, We're being polite here. We're being polite. But saying. let's say I'm running for lieutenant governor. I, my message to people would be like, there are a lot of problems in this state. There might be some infrastructure, some roads that oh, need God, yeah. some fixing. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to create a more business-friendly environment, not with subsidies and special carve-outs, but with a general reduction in taxes, very concise, clear, no, not overburdensome regulations. You know, there's all sorts of political things I could tell you that would potentially make our lives as Alabamians better. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I, Joey Clark, have this message for you, that if you really want your life to get better it's up to you nothing i or anybody else in the montgomery legislature in the governor's mansion as lieutenant governor can really make that thing that's bothering you better very rarely Hmm. doesn't mean every problem will be solved but at the end of the day it's going to be up to you to make your life better you and your friends (laughs) <laughs> Friends like sisters like Emily Hayes. Doll. Doll. Bless it. Tomorrow night, the great marriage debate begins. Oh, Six to seven. Lands. Your fiance, Emily's fiance, branded God's gift, Ross. It's going to be fun. It's going to be something. Oh, it's going to be something, right? <laughs>